can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me. My main man. Quickly. Before the separatists attack, get into the escape pod. This is escape. Then we're the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and another episode of What Happened, where we catch you up on the events of a singular spotlight-focused character from the Star Wars saga. And today we uh, we, we shine a light on Saw Gerrera, who's uh, not only was introduced to us in Star Wars The Clone Wars, but made his first live-action theatrical appearance in Rogue One. And uh, we'll also be showing up in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Andor. So, let's join Blake in the escape pod and get to the nitty gritty on Saw Gerrera. Another happy landing. Oh, Saw Guerrera. He fashions himself as our leader, though no one elected him. Well, for now, we're in charge. And there is much to learn. Hello. Welcome back to the escape pod, Mr. Blake. Chut, chut, Josh. Chut, chut. Chut, chut. Uh, that everyone <laughs> is the co-host of uh, Star Wars Escape Pod right there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we, so we do it right here on Star Wars Escape Pod. That's right. Well, chat chat to all you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we welcome a, a warm chat chat to everyone tuning into the show. Uh, so if you can uh, chat chat your way over to. Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts or Spotify, drop us a five star. That would be uh, most uh, most gracious of you. Uh, and today we shine a spotlight on Saw Gerrera. Um, so do you want to catch everyone up on what these What Happened episodes are? Because uh, it's been a little while since we did one. Sure, yeah. So these What Happened episodes, we've been kind of throwing these together. Uh, just because the Star Wars... Uh, Galaxy is just getting so large now. Just Disney pumping stuff out. We got the animated stuff. We got comics. We got books. We got all the films and and live action shows. So it's hard to keep up. And a lot of characters are starting to make reappearances in the live action shows. So we've been attempting to go back in time and kind of just put together the story of all these characters. So everyone's up to date as we go into the the new material. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we've done... uh... We've done characters like, uh, oh my goodness, I think Quinlan Voss uh, was one of them. Uh, at one point, I think we did uh, Darth Maul and the Dark Saber. Uh, we've done uh, we've done Boba Fett, Cad Bane, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what happened with the the Dark Saber? Uh, you know, that was a big thing when uh, when Mandalorian kind of picked up the threads where Star Wars Rebels left off, and you know, we took everyone back to the the story of where that came from and how it was introduced in Clone Wars and all that stuff. Uh, we did one on Tar Vizsla, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. We did one for that. Um, we did one for Echo when Bad Batch oh, yeah, was right. starting to come out. Yeah. 
we've done a lot of these. <laughs> we, we've done. I didn't realize we did one for I didn't Bo-Katan. Realize was this many. Yeah, yeah, we did one for Bo Katan uh, when she showed yeah, up in Mandalorian. So. I she was on there. Yeah, yeah, and and even more recently, we did one for Obi Wan Kenobi, and we did another one for the Inquisitorious, which caught people up. Did we do on... Ahsoka? Yeah, we did. We did do Ahsoka as well. Yeah, that was actually yeah. uh, I think the first one that that we did. So. Um, there we go. Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, the Inquisitorious. Those are two separate episodes. And, and uh, Inquisitorious kind of got into the origins and, and the variety of Inquisitors running around hunting Jedi. Uh, and the Obi-Wan Kenobi one kind of got into uh, a very overarching look at kind of where that character has been. Uh, because uh, that's a character who's shown up in almost too many times to count when it comes to the stories. So, uh, <laughs> uh, of course, since then, uh, an amazing book dropped, uh, which was Star Wars Brotherhood. We had a really great time talking about that with Bryce, and uh, I know that episode is actually, uh, it, well, when this one comes out, it'll have recently dropped. Um, so, you know, spoilers for anyone who's thinking about reading that book. Uh, you know, we kind of stylized it in a way that you don't really need to. We kind of dish out all our favorite parts. And uh, I like talking to you guys about that book. That was really fun. So. Yeah, it was just such a good throwback novel. It just really takes you back to early 2000s when the prequels were just the highlight of all of our uh, fandom. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Quest of the Jedi, uh, you know, Jedi Apprentice, all those scholastic books that I uh, grew up reading, uh, you know, <laughs> really, yeah. really brought me back. I know that for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that, let's not forget the reappearance of the ever-elusive AJ. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah the ever-elusive AJ. We, we, we always try to get on the show and uh, finally made his appearance. So, um, so yeah, today we uh, we take a look at Saw Gavira. Now, um, I, I, I mentioned this before we kind of went on air, but uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be kind of a quick, hey, let's, uh, let's chat, you know, some quick things about some characters that might show up in Andor. Um, when I had the idea to do Saw Gerrera, it's funny because I there the, the 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 new trailer that just dropped as of we're doing this um, had uh, had not come out yet, and when it did come out, there was a uh, a slight confirmation that this was actually going to happen. So I'm kind of oh, glad nice. that uh, you know I'm mentally pre-planned for this to happen, and and I know uh, we're going to take a look. Um, I think maybe either today or you know you know another episode perhaps about this Andor this brand new Andor trailer reveal and kind of break that down. But um, yeah, Saw Gerrera, one of those characters that's just, he's kind of popped up here and there. Hard to keep track of the guy, you know? He's just in yeah. all these different stories. So They just keep bringing him back and putting him in different positions. I think they've done a really good job with that. Because as we'll get into, he just kind of showed up as uh, a Clone Wars side character. There's so many Clone Wars side characters that, you, you know, they're a big part of that story for that story that you never really see them again. Mm-hmm. But with Saw, they just keep bringing him back for all these like, these cool uh, cool new moments and storylines. I think, uh, at least as far as Rogue One, I believe that had a lot to do with Pablo, I think. But we can get into that then. We get yeah. to the Rogue One stuff. For sure. Um, I'm going to run through the list really quick of uh, kind of main events that we'll be talking about in scope of this character uh these would be all the kind of staple things that have made this character story arc what it is uh small appearances big appearances whatever it is um this is the list there are more kind of indirect mentions from characters in other books and other star wars stories because 
again, this saga is so big, you know, there, there's obviously going to be way more to get the full story. Someone could just read top to bottom his Wikipedia page. And, you know, we had the Supreme Emperor on from Wikipedia not that long ago. Uh, it was a great chat. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he'd be pleased for us to <laughs> recommend and go in there for the, but you know, this is a podcast, so we're yeah. not just going to read off a website. Of course not. We got to make it fun. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, uh, I do just want to quickly highlight on Wikipedia. There is a warning here saying that there's stuff that needs to be added to the current article. So if you are a yes. software enthusiast, I'm sure the Wikipedia group would really enjoy uh, adding everything that you know if, it, if you know stuff that's missing yeah that's a great call yeah yeah join their their volunteer group i know they're they're always looking for people to help them out so uh absolutely uh so here's our list that we'll be kind of over overviewing today uh starting with the clone wars season five episode two three four and five then we move on to the bad batch uh season one episode one then we move into jedi fallen order and then Solo, the novelization, then Catalyst, Rogue One, uh, a Rogue One novel. Uh, then we move into Rebel Rising, which was also a Rogue One novel. Then Princess of Alderaan, which is a Princess Leia-focused book before the events of A New Hope. Then we go into Star Wars Rebels, Season 3, Episode 12, 13. And then we go through Season 4, Episode 3 and 4. Then finally, Guardians of the Wills, a junior novel, and absolutely finally, Rogue One at the very tail end. So uh, we're going to be talking about all his appearances through all that stuff, um, starting with the Clone Wars. So first thing I got down, described as a small band of rebels, saw one of the leaders of uh, a pack uh, trying to take back his homeworld of Alderaan. Uh, Anakin Onderon. Sorry, yes, not <laughs> <laughs> kind of blended the two. They're up. so I have a name that's so similar. <laughs> yes, uh, Anakin suggests they need guidance to fight the Confederacy of Independent Systems, as uh, they could give them soft targets while the Republic fights the main front. And Obi Wan calls them terrorists, but Anakin calls them rebels. And I thought that was such an interesting moment in that first episode where we see the reference there, because later Anakin's, of course, the one fighting the rebels and and uh, obi-wan is one of them (laughs) yeah and from the empire's perspective the rebel alliance are terrorists essentially yeah yeah exactly so it's funny how their perspectives change uh obi-wan being somewhat more engrossed in the dogma view of the jedi and kind of looks at this out this 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 situation as them training terrorists essentially but anakin kind of has a bit of a softer look on it goes no 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 we're not training terrorists we're we're training rebels uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, they do such a good job that, uh, as we'll get into here, Saul becomes a rebel for life and then fights not only against uh, the CIS but also fights against the Empire later on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, furthermore, he also, in a in a sorts of ways, uh, becomes a terrorist in his ways about going about his own version of what a rebellion is supposed to be. Yeah, uh, and uh, I guess we get into it. That's the, uh, that's the story arc that they haven't dove into enough yet, in my opinion, and really kind of showed that transitional phase. And I'm really hoping that that shows up in the Andor series. I think that'd be a really cool storyline. 
part of the opinion of uh, of of what I've got going on after having looked at at our at our giant list of stuff here is you may be surprised as to how that transition might actually take place over the course of of all of these things because you're right there's no single moment in time where we see this transition and I mm-hmm. think part of doing this what happened kind of episode is we we sort of do see it throughout all the the minuscule things that he's done in some of these books and stuff like that, that are kind of not caught on screen. Um, but yeah, how he starts off is very different from how it ends. And, uh, um, I think the only, there's actually surprisingly enough, I think the, the, the staple thing that really got to me, uh, when it came to blatantly pointing out the obvious with, with Saul Guerrero was actually from a star Wars rebels episode. And it was something that, oh, really? that Kanan says, yeah, yeah. Of all, of all characters, you know, the wise one, uh, so, uh, anyway, so in this first Clone Wars episode, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are sent unofficially, mind you, uh, to train rebels on Onderon uh, to be freedom fighters in their own accord to claim back their world. And uh, Saw, in training as a younger man, is, is, is very interesting to see because he's, he's a bit of an impatient character. And, uh, you know, he fails to, uh, to, to perform some of the tasks that, um, that the Jedi have, or Rex, because uh, Rex is also in the mix, are uh, kind of setting him up to to do like uh, throwing a thermal detonator beneath a d- uh, destroyer shield and uh, a variety of other things like taking down a tank and all this and that. Um, yeah, but I know throughout that arc, he's, there's a lot of bravado. He's often thinking that he's the best. He wants yeah. to be the leader, yeah. but he's just constantly showed up by his younger sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. His younger sister Stila. Yeah. Uh, but you know he does he does get the hang of things eventually and excels uh, fairly efficiently. Um, he doesn't have a lot of faith in the political system anymore because it's failed him. So uh, what happens uh, in the Clone Wars in this particular arc? And once again, uh, spoilers, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen Clone Wars or anything that we're about to talk about. But we're you know we're going to be inevitably uh, spoiling some things. Um, so the political system has failed him because uh, what what's happened is Dooku has allowed uh, sort of a proxy leader to take over uh, the the elected king's rulership and uh, they have the real king imprisoned in uh, in this big huge building that which is the royal palace or whatever but um, uh, with no communication to the outside world and th- this 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 really uh, kind of uh, cruel, uh, younger guy is sitting on on the throne thinking that he can just you know lead the planet with no consequences and uh, inevitably he started this uh, this backlash with saw and his sister Stila leading a, a group of uh, rebels you know against the droid forces on the planet so um, it's it's What's a very really funny is I just replayed kotor 2 uh-huh. and when you're on Onderon, that's essentially the same storyline that happens really? in the game. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, the only difference is there's a queen uh, who is the ruler, the rightful ruler, and uh, her her general, which would be the equivalent of the, the guy who usurps uh, on behalf of the CIS in the Clone Wars arc, he uh, causes an uprising and tries to overthrow the rightful ruler who's the queen, who's like the peaceful, actually, like is a good ruler. And tries to just like take over by force, and you have to, uh, you're part of the the uprising, I guess. And yeah, you, you can pick which side you want to go on because it's Kotor, but yeah, right, it's, it's pretty similar. Is is that is interesting? I wonder. Yeah, I wonder first, if they took what a I few watched pages the arc, out of that. Yeah, 
is possible because Kotor two, yeah, Kotor two went out before the Clone Wars series started. There have been like two thousand and right. Yeah, well, like well, that. with that, I, I mean, like maybe maybe Dave recognized, uh, hey, people like this story. Maybe we can kind of use elements of it or something. I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, he'd totally be the guy to do it. The fact that it's the same planet, somebody somewhere involved thought it was a cool idea and decided right. to reuse it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, one of the writers on the team, perhaps. Um, so yeah, they've let their they they've essentially let their planet fall into bad leadership. And it's interesting that more recently we were talking about neutral systems um, in uh, the events of the Star Wars Brotherhood book with the uh, the events on Nemoidia, uh, because the same thing happens to Onderon. Their king doesn't pick a side in the war doesn't choose the Republic, doesn't choose the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Uh, inevitably, Dooku kind of shows up with his uh, his droids and uh, a guide to replace him on the throne and sort of in a proxy sort of way kind of just takes over the planet, right? And and so that's obviously made Saw, Stila, and and very, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, very passionate about their country you know patriotic very patriotic people to kind of rebel against uh, against the the droids so uh Stila, his sister is elected as the leader of this band on onderon and is a key player in enabling the rebellion on onderon to catch fire and inspire the people and that's a whole thing like their their whole like what ahsoka kind of teaches them as well is like how to be able to do that how to how to create a rebellion and and not make it look like it's terrorism but actually have people be inspired by the acts of 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 uh you know what they what they're doing right um, yeah so the, the people are aware that they're fighting for them and not just causing chaos that's right yeah exactly uh so um uh, saw at one point tries to single-handedly and very brashly mind you attempt a one-man rescue mission to save their king their their, their original captured king um and uh He's captured in that process and tortured with excruciating methods of electrocution. And I, I think this is maybe even the first time that we really see uh, Saw being being held witness to, uh, perhaps, or firsthand kind of witnessing what uh, brutal methods of interrogation are capable of. Uh, because what will they do when they catch you? What, what they do when you break? When they break you? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So it's probably what he's thinking about. Was this this scene? Yeah, exactly. And then that's kind of want to bring it up because Saw himself has some pretty extre uh, extreme measures of interrogating his own prisoners uh, later in his story arc. Uh, so in an interrogation, he convinces the general of Onderon in in his case, um, and. Uh, uh, the, the general who has who's basically he serves the throne uh essentially you know original king replaced now the general serves the new king right he just kind of does w what he does and, and doesn't really think much about it until saw really convinces him hey like we have to be loyal to our our original king like i don't know what you're doing like the people are unhappy like this is your world like you know you can't let dooku take it over right and that, that's kind of how he puts it and um so I think he kind of gets in in the head of of this general and and really convinces him of the case for for something that happens later, um, and eventually him, the royal guard, and uh, eventually Sogatano end up saving the true king and Saw and Stila and others from execution. Uh, Stila is made commanding general of all the forces on Onderon fighting the droids by the original king to command all the forces. 
uh, and Saw's methods are, uh, uh, you know, put they put very innocent people in in harm's way, and it, it's definitely not considered, you know, a wise decision for someone in that role, right? Because yeah, he it sounds like he's often he's willing to do means that are for the greater good, but he's you know he's he's sacrificing things that really shouldn't be sacrificed in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we see that become a common issue later on right yeah it, it does become a, a very um bad habit of his uh to be in that in that i think i think it's it's in conversation with the king Stila and himself and he says something like we got to take the war to them and and you know uh start attacking them head on in the city and Stila's like oh there's people down there like we can't do that and he's like this is war Stila and and uh, and he, and she's like, no, we should draw them out, draw them out to where we're at, you know, fight them here away from the city. And the king likes her methods a lot better, obviously a lot less people at risk. So uh, he makes her uh, the commanding general. So um, that's that's kind of the first kind of red flag as well. Like, you know, he, this is a guy who's gone through excruciating torture methods and he's clearly kind of pulling a very extreme version of what Anakin would do, but I think Anakin less so because he's all about kind of protecting people as well. So, uh, but he's kind of just headstrong in attacking his enemy, you know, with, without any thought for consequence. Right. So, um, that's a huge, another huge character moment. Um, Saw has, uh, eventually she, 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 he comes to appreciate Steel's uh, leadership and, and, um, uh, she does say that she looks up to him as uh, her older brother and, and acknowledges that as well. And uh, it's not too long later in this story arc of the Clone Wars that she's tragically killed in battle. Um, Saw takes down an HMP droid assault ship with a rocket launcher. It crashes into the cliffside where Steela's is standing. Um, and uh, Ahsoka pushes her, uh, or uh, Ahsoka uh, tries, to, tries to pull her up with the force. Uh, but this crashed ship shoots a blaster at the ground um, or, or uh, at her shoulder or whatever. Ahsoka goes down and lets Stila fall and she ends up falling to her death. And it's not Ahsoka's fault at all, but Saw definitely holds some blame on himself for the incident, for firing the rocket at the ship that ended up crashing into that cliffside in the first place. So um, that's definitely... This is, this is pretty pretty dark for a children's it is show. <laughs> it is for sure yeah this guy just killed his sister incidentally and and uh no one was able to save her and it's like dang like that that's that's terrible right and um i think like He's the probably regretting his words hey Consequen yeah. uh, consequences of war Jeez. right right and this was at the very end of the arc too like the final fourth episode of the arc in the last 10 minutes so so or five minutes or whatever it was so it's really, um, it's really surprising. Like it's a surprising moment in the show. And I remember being very surprised when I saw it because it took me, uh, uh, took me off guard a little bit, you know, with, with like, Oh wow. I didn't expect that at all. Like, yeah. You know? So, um, the death of Stila empowers Onderon and saw, of course, to keep doing what he's doing, except he's now fired off in a new direction of, uh, without his sister to kind of, you know, the voice of reason sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, the King who's returned to his, his, his throne, uh, the droids leave and, uh, her death is really the capstone for a free Onderon. 
and uh, that that's all that's a whole another kind of thing that comes up later in the show. But um, as far as the focus on Saw goes, like that's that's really kind of where he gets his origin story. And um, and you can see, like I know we're talking about his turning point, mm-hmm. and I always considered his sister's death to be like the, the first really big marker. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, so that's definitely another, another huge thing, you know, having Stila die like that was, was, um, it comes up later. Uh, but that's really a big deal to that character as well. Uh, so, uh, not too long later, Saw Guerrero and his followers have been labeled as insurgents for taking action against the proclamation of the new order. Um, I wasn't aware that this name, there was a name for this, but that's actually what they called the moment when, emperor palpatine reformed the republic into the empire that's the official term for it is the proclamation of the new order uh tarkin sends clone force 99 otherwise known as the bad batch to eliminate uh saw Gerrera and his band of rebels um who recently have been up to no good in resisting this proclamation of new order uh the clones actually don't know that it's that it's Saw Gerrera and his people. They, they just think that it's a group of insurgents. Um, but they get there to Onderon, they realize that, oh, there's kids there. Like, there's kids, there's regular people, they, they don't look like a menace. So, uh, but they end up getting captured, and Saw has a conversation with them. He, uh, he says that the clones once helped him win over his planet, and he gives them a choice, lets them go. And uh, he also mentions that the Clone Wars took a lot from him and a lot from his people. And clearly, he's edged a little bit since his last appearance. They changed the visual look of the character a little bit. His voice is a bit gruffer and uh, a bit softer, how we know maybe Forrest Whitaker to be, but uh, not quite Rogue One level. It's it's interesting how they do the transition over time. Um, I, I'm trying to remember, in his appearance in... Uh, bad batch does he have his cybernetic body yet no no that doesn't come okay. until much later um and we actually never see the moment on screen when he when he gets uh when he gets those those implants so okay because I, I i hope i do explain that at some point do they at least say what it was it's one of the, my questions i've always been wondering uh yeah i don't i don't actually know it didn't come up when i was going through this list so uh, I think maybe it's a story for another time sort of deal. Uh, but he also mentions the impending civil war ahead and that uh, they need to pick a side, which is kind of also like a huge like, oh, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's another you know, huge. What's thing. coming? Yeah. And he's taken a note out of the king's book, like the king of Onderon, right? Who's probably now since been killed or whatever. Um, but uh, he took a note out of his book when it came to, uh, you know, the consequences of him not picking a side and the planet ended up falling into the wrong hands. Right. So, um, saws definitely picked the side of, of, uh, of fighting, uh, this new, uh, this new leadership. And, uh, and at the same time though, I don't think he knows anything else. No, he certainly doesn't. He's been, he's been fighting for, for three years or so trying to take back his world and, or fight, fight opposing forces that have tried to, uh, tried to retake it over again, you know, after the free Onderon moment, after Stila's death, I'm sure the droids came back, you know, trying to take it back. Um, so yeah. Uh, do you want to, so I grabbed this next little bit off of the, um, 
off of the, uh, uh, I think it was the, the wiki, because I haven't read um, the, uh, what, what is it again? Oh, no, sorry. I have read Catalyst, Rogue One. I just, it's been so long since I read it. Uh, I forget. Did you yeah. read that book or not? I did as well. Yeah, right before Rogue One came out. Okay. Uh, do you want to, do you want to catch us up on the next section there? Sure. Yeah. This is be a refresher for me as well. Cause I know it has, has been a while since Rogue One came out. So a few years after the purge, a friend who had known the, the Urso family since Jin's birth asked Guerrera to go in his stead to help his friends. He also knew Guerrera. Uh, Guerrera met and smuggled Lyra, Galen and Jin Urso off Coruscant and set up a homestead, a Lamu. Urso stayed vigilant while living on Lamu, forming an escape plan in case Krennic found them. The plan was for Lyra and Jin Urso to hide in a shelter dug under a cave and in contact with Guerrera for extraction. So this was, if everyone remembers in Rogue One, when uh, Jin is hiding in that cave and then Saw Guerrera shows up and saves her because she's left all alone. Uh, this was uh, kind of filling in the background of that. Right. Yeah. And that was such a great book. Uh, anyone who really loves Rogue One, uh, it's like, it's almost like Catalyst is just like a must read. It was just, I remember it to be so good. And it was one of the earlier novels that they did in the canon. Uh, I think it was part of like wave two or, or something like that after. Yeah, it was uh, pretty early on. It was pretty early on. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was amazing. It was, uh, you know, we got a lot more out of Galen Urso, who was such a cool character played by Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, in the movie. such a good casting. Oh man, it was so good. And and I, I it was a shame that we don't see more of him in the movie. And so anyone who appreciates that character a lot, you'll really enjoy Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, because um, he's like kind of the focus point of that whole initial backstory between him and Krennic. And it was uh, it was an amazing book. So yeah, that's and it, it really fills in the uh, what was in his head leading up to the idea of him you know, like intentionally putting a flaw into the Death Star. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So sometime later, Guerrera and several of his partisans traveled to Kashyyyk. Uh, there they discovered that one of the Empire's refineries was using the Rorschach tree sap to make a powerful compound. Uh, following this, they met Jedi Padawan Cal Kestis, who they asked for help in their attempts to free the Wookiees. So this is straight out of, uh, out of Jedi Fallen Order. And, um, that is, uh, that's, it's a very small appearance. Um, but you most recently played Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I, I played it a little longer ago. So what do you remember from, from that moment where you kind of surprisingly see Saw Gerrera? Uh, pretty much just that. It was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be there. Like the, the rest of his band of rebels are a lot more involved in that level and you have to come back to the planet of uh, at least twice i think so and you're you're involved with them taking taking the base back and freeing the wookies the whole time but he was it was just so brief uh, i'm not even sure if it was in person or if he was just over uh, like a hologram uh yeah i i know he was there in person but but i forget if he was later shown in a hologram or not uh, but I do remember he was there kind of in front of Cal Kestis. And there was even a moment where he asked Cal to join his partisans. That's and, right. I do remember that part. And then he declines, um, you know, much to Saw's kind of disappointment. But uh, interesting to see 
you know, Saw's respect for the Jedi kind of extends from his moments in the Clone Wars. I mean, he's been taught all he knows by the brief moments that he's had with Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Captain Rex, right? So, And it's worth noting that in Jedi Fallen Order, Saw already has his uh, cybernetic suit. Uh, yes, he's got the suit. Um, I don't think he has the leg, but he's got the suit. The the one that he's the known torso. for wearing. Yeah, the one he's known for wearing in Rogue One. Yeah. So uh, between Bad Batch and, and Jedi Fallen Order, which takes place four to five years later, is kind of that transition moment for that character in that costume change. Um, so Saw was finally tasked with protecting Jin after Lyra was killed and Galen was tasked by Orson Krennic to continue his work on the Death Star. At the very beginning of Rogue One, we see that flashback scene, and um, it's the moment where where Jin has to hide in the hole that that you know this moment that was set up in the Rogue One Catalyst book. Um, the escape plan comes to fruition. And uh, Jin is hidden away successfully and uh, doesn't fall into the clutches of Krennic. Uh, you know, Saw comes and collects her. And uh, we just assume, well, there's a big time jump in the movie and it jumps over so much stuff. And it's kind of insinuated as to what happened later in the film when, when they come face to face again. But um, the, the novel uh, for Solo, the expanded edition, as well as Rebel Rising actually fills in the gaps a little bit. So... Saw brings Jin to the planet Ray, where he had an outpost set up um, that was still mostly empty of occupants, um, and he revealed his dislike for droids to her, which is kind of a nice callback to the Clone Wars. Uh, the day after her arrival, Jin finds a training ground set up with hanging husks of dilapidated droids used for target practice by Saw. Uh, Jin then asks Saw for help in training uh, to fight. And on the third day of her stay, she gets the chance to practice her hand in uh, her hand to hand skills on several sets of stormtrooper armor that Saw sets up for her benefit. Uh, another moment later on, uh, Saw allows Jin to accompany him when he negotiates with Enfys Nest for coaxium that was obtained from the Syndicate Crimson Dawn. So, following the events of Solo uh, in the novelization, which is referred to as the expanded edition. Uh, now we know uh, one of the buyers that Enfys Nest actually sells to, or let's say one of the other rebel cells that Enfys Nest kind of helps feed with, uh, you know, which, which right now we're seeing kind of like at this point in time uh, around the timeline of Solo is like kind of the early, early seeds of the rebellion. And we also get those uh, those mm. subtle hints in Kenobi as well. If, you, if uh, you know, I know we talked about it extensively as well, if you remember all that. Yeah, it's true. And as we learned there, it was kind of started with multiple cells. So this would be one of the cells that are then combined to give the name Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I guess as we learned, the, uh, the rest of the Rebels don't agree with Saw's tactics. So I don't think they ever officially become one of the Alliance. There's a few <laughs> moments falling out. Yeah. There's a few moments that come up, which, uh, which I think, uh, I think they're kind of like slowly breaking points. Um, so, uh, this, this moment here, um, let me see. I think this comes from the rebel rising book. Uh, Saw and several other members of his partisans were hired by Aran Orida, which is a uh, Zabrak, uh, Zabrak rebel, uh, to go to a planet called uh, Inusagi 
and infiltrate the uh, Sekula Blossom Festival. What a mouthful. <laughs> oh my gosh. This sounds like an EU novel if I've ever. Heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, forgive me if I don't say that again. Um, and uh, so the, so Saw's mission that he's hired for is to kill Governor Kor uh, Tofirin, I believe is it's pronounced, which is a close friend of Palpatine's. Uh, yeah. He and his partisans massacre the festival, killing Imperials, uh, the uh, the local uh, chiefess, as well as many guests and civilians, just to send a message to the Empire. And I think this is one of the big moments that's like, uh-oh, he kind of represents the rebellion, which kind of stands for hope. We can't have him killing people, right? Yeah, um, civilians. Yeah, that's kind of a bad deal. So um, as Jin matures, uh, Saw also becomes increasingly paranoid over time. And we see that paranoia in Rogue One. Um, he fears that Jin would eventually be recognized as the daughter of a known Imperial collaborator, uh, which is Galen Erso, of course, and thus exploited and be used for ransom against Galen. Uh, to help prevent this, and in measure to protect Jin, uh, as well as Galen Erso, who's currently being held by the Empire, uh, Saw tortures his own people, the partisans, uh, for uh, assessing whether or not they know Jin's identity, uh, even kills and disposes of one in the process, which is also a huge red flag. It's like the, the sanity of this guy is sort of going off the charts, right, uh, in terms of uh, how crazy he is, you know. Um, and uh, with the constant worry of others finding out about Jin's identity, he decides that when Jin is 16, he's going to abandon her in a bunker with nothing more than a knife and a blaster for protection. Um, he instructs her to wait in that bunker until morning, as by which time he's totally gone. And uh, he comes to justify this by telling himself that she could do it. She could survive by herself without his aid anymore. Uh, he's trained her to do all she can to, to do that. And uh, he kind of justifies it like that. Man, they skipped over a lot then, huh? In the movie. <laughs> yeah, they really did. I mean, uh, all the part where he goes a bit nuts. like Yeah, because uh, you get just such a, a brief moment before you see him as a, the more like paranoid version of himself. Yeah. So you're kind of left thinking like in, in the film that he's just always like that. Right, right. What we know from Clone Wars is like, how do you get from that? To being yeah, who exactly. he is, right? And and this is kind of like, you know, as we've gone, we've we're almost we're about halfway down the list now, and and it's like, okay, now I'm starting to see the change, right? Um, so even three years later, or so before Rogue One, uh, uh, Guerrera managed to bomb and detonate um, uh, at a residence of one Marf Quash Panaka. You'll remember uh, uh, Panaka from Phantom Menace, the Queen's or Padme's, uh, yeah, Captain Panaka. Uh, yeah. Captain Panaka. Yeah. So he ends up becoming a moth because he's quite good friends with Palpatine and the bomb achieves its objective in killing moth Panaka, um, who is supposed to, you know, of course, one of Palpatine's close friends from being in the same home world and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, the timing of the bomb actually narrowly misses Princess Leia, who was only in the room moments earlier saying uh, a, a farewell to the moth. Uh, I guess she was there on business, senatorial business. Uh, barely, the bomb barely misses her. And Briha, her adoptive mother, of course, um, kind of assumes that it's him and correctly assumes so because it, it was. And this was all in the Princess Leia of Alderaan book. But it was a mention... He wasn't directly in the book, but it was a mention that I just had to throw in there because it was such a big thing 
It's like, you know, killing this character, particularly Panaka, but then also almost killing Princess Leia in the process. That's a huge deal, right? That's I mean, crazy, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that Captain Panaka became a moth. Yeah, I, I think in the EU, he also became a moth. So um, it's one of those things that, that kind of goes under the radar a little bit. But Yeah, loyalty switch sides, huh? I guess, well, I, I guess loyalty just, just never changes i mean like to naboo i guess to to the extreme he's always served palpatine in in some remote way right like he served uh padme and more padme yeah yeah, i mean he served senator palpatine when he was senator and then when the transition happened he still served the senator of naboo but then after that senator died i'm sure he you know, he was probably promoted by Palpatine, who was close friend of, you know, having served him and people said, hey, I need moths, right. right? I need I need new people to, you know, we're getting rid of all these clone guys. You, you, you got a new job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So he probably gave him the promotion. It was like, all right, you know, get a little more cheddar cheese going on. And uh, here you go. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he becomes a moth and uh, ends up getting killed. And that's why we never see him in, in the later movies. So. Um, yeah, which is, uh, which brings us to Star Wars Rebels. Uh, when was the last time you saw Star Wars Rebels and his appearance in there? Admittedly, I'm due for a rewatch of the series. It has been a little while. I think I was going through it, uh, about two years ago. I started a rewatch. I'm not sure if I finished it or not though. Right. Well, it's, um, it's certainly been a while for me, so I had to give these a rewatch as well. So, uh, let's run through the first arc from... Uh, what is this season three episode 12 and 13 and then we'll talk about the season four appearance so saw investigates a mysterious disappearance of the geonosians on geonosis and as we know uh, some lore experts out there we know that the empire gassed the whole planet and pretty much just extinguished the bugs uh, after they began to construct the initial parts of the death star um, and uh, when that project kind of moved on elsewhere for the final phases, uh, they didn't need the Genosian spilling all their secrets, so they killed them all. Um, and uh, nobody knows about this. So he was there to investigate that, and uh, his whole team is wiped out by uh, someone. Uh, it turns out to be a Genosian, uh, which Ezra Bridger later <laughs> names Click Clack. Um, and uh, Saw is actually the sole survivor of, of that uh, investigation and saw is quite angry about the whole event, losing his team and everything. And rightfully so, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting moment when he meets the, the crew of the ghost for the first time. Ezra also noticed that he holds on to the memory of his lost sister, Stila in the form of a hollow picture that he keeps with him in his pocket. And he drops it at one point, Ezra picks it up, turns it on and realizes it asks who it is and everything. It's like a huge emotional moment. Uh, and then uh, his methods of trying to interrogate the Geonosian click-clack goes way too far when he threatens to destroy the last queen egg of the Geonosians, which is pretty much the key to that species survival. Um, but the dispute is dissolved when the Empire attacks and a valuable lesson on how allies may not share the same values. Um, kind of an interesting take. Um, I think Kanan says that because because um, it's kind of true. Like... I guess there's a lot of people who could be on the same side of something, but not everyone might share the same values about going about it, right? Yeah, that seems, again, to be a reoccurring theme with Saw, where he's he's more ruthless to get his the ends of his means. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's also it's also something we've seen in in the Clone Wars on a variety of occasions. Um, you know, particularly being, uh, I guess, the tolerance for uh, certain certain means of of what we might call an ally. I mean, like if you look at Ventress, for example, um, or I mean, I, I mean, let's get let's get let's talk DC for a moment. I mean, look at Batman. All right, like Batman doesn't kill people. But he's out for a specific goal and purpose of, of like stopping crime in Gotham. And, you know, I could go deeper, but um, there is allies that he might have, which would kill people and get the same job done. You know, Marvel's got the same idea. Like you got characters like the Punisher and then you got characters like, uh, you know, you know name, name one. I mean, like, you know, people who yeah. don't people do, like Spider-Man, like Spider-Man and the Punisher are very different characters, but they're both in their own way kind of. uh a protagonist of their own story right and and they're both out to get the real bad guys uh so saw is kind of one of those people it's like yeah the rebellion it's not so one-sided like it does have some underbellies right and and saw is one of those dirtier grimier people that's just like obviously fighting the empire on his own behalf like for for the greater cause but he's going about it in a way that harms people in a bad way and um it's important harming to himself that. too. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. he, he wouldn't be having this growing paranoia and be turning on his own people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, after a failed mission, uh, this is now season four of Star Wars Rebels uh, in episodes or uh, season four, episode three and four. After a failed mission that Hurus and Dula runs with Wedge. Um, a debatable hologram message from Saw tells the rebellion on Yavin 4 base that they'll lose the fight if they don't do what's necessary. Uh, and Kanan says it's not whether we, uh, uh, it's not w- whether or not we fight; it's how we choose to fight that matters. And, and this was kind of that quote that I was talking that I kind of briefly mentioned earlier was like this is a this is a game changing moment because it really puts into perspective of like where Saw is, you know, like you know he does. He does choose to fight, but he doesn't choose to fight in a very uh, in the right way. In the right way, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and of course, to him, it's like a matter of right is only a matter of an opinion. But but to the yeah, it's almost like Saw's more out to hurt the Empire mm-hmm. and not there to save people from the Empire. Yeah, like if I look at Leia's perspective of the Rebellion, her final words in Rogue One. And when she looks at the plans for the Death Star um, and, you know, someone asks her, what is that? And she says, hope. And it's a weird thing because, like, you're looking at the plans to a death weapon that can blow up a planet and destroy billions of lives. Like, I wouldn't call that hope, but, I mean, I think the greater purpose of having those plans and knowing how to destroy it, the the thing is is probably... Uh, 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 you know, it's it's for it's for the uh, the rebellion's cause of like spreading hope across the galaxy that there can be a free galaxy yeah. again, right? Oh man, since we touched on that, so if she refers to the stolen Death Star plans as hope, then does that mean the title "A New Hope" is referring to the Death Star plans? Because I always thought that referred to Luke. <laughs> I think I think I think it was just a subtle nod to the next movie's title. I don't think it was like anything in you know directly trying to link it to the Death Star plans or anything. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's that's certainly funny to, to note. Yeah, uh, it, but yeah, compared to Saw's way about looking at it, I mean like if I were to say like oh what would Saw do? 
he would probably just smash the plans right there. I mean, like, like hey, well, oh, yeah. let, let's just get rid of these so that the Empire can't build it again, right? You know, which would do nothing because they've already started building another one anyways. Um, so it's really, it's really just kind of his immediate decision to want to prevent the Empire from uh, achieving their goals consistently right by by put it whatever it needs to whatever he needs to do to get the job done right he'll just do it so um no sacrifice is too big yeah yeah no sacrifice is too big uh after a failed or sorry uh, mon mothma gets very fired uh, fired up at this um and uh at at saw and his extreme tactics for targeting civilian populated areas just to kill the targets that he's after um, his tactics get in the head of everyone who's frustrated with the rebellion's less aggressive methods because they're clearly not doing the best job that they could be to fight fighting the empire. Um, because of Hera's failed mission, there's a variety of other reasons, but um, you know it all, it's all kind of unsaw related. Um, and uh, when it comes to dealing things like blowing up an imperial relay, uh, is what what they want to do. Saw Saw's opinion is let's go after it, let's blow it up. We don't do what's necessary. The Empire's going to win. Um, Saw ends up later in that in that arc saving the crew of the Ghost and blows up the relay station. And uh, he's investigating uh, the mystery weapon that the Empire has been building. And since his time on Geonosis, he's come to suspect that it's a super weapon. Um, he recruits Sabine and Ezra to help him investigate a space station with a cargo that's being loaded onto a civilian cruiser. After liberating some prisoners... They find a giant kyber crystal. Uh, this is is an interesting story arc because it's a bit of a callback to that canceled Clone Wars arc. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, Crystal Christophysis something. Yeah. <laughs> crystal Crisis on Utapau. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. The pr- the unfinished Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, I remember yeah. this because they. Uh, yeah, it was on Utapau, and then they got a. They have the giant crystal. The giant kyber crystal on the cart, and they're trying to trying to get it up to the mountain, up that like there's like almost like a mountain trail, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what eventually ends up happening is if you shoot the crystal, then it like increases the power and like shoots it out everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So for yeah, anyone but, but who's that one, they I believe they blew it up. Did they not? They did. Yeah, in the Clone Wars arc, they blow they blew it up. But yeah, so it's been long uh, known that the that Palpatine ever since Attack of the Clones, Palpatine's been building this Death Star slowly behind the scenes, right? So this is just another one of those stories where it's like, oh, here's a little bit of a someone's caught on to it, right? Um, and uh, on uh, on this cruiser, they find that gi- a, another giant kyber crystal. The Death Star is powered by many. Um, the laser that is, uh, after Ezra tells saw they'll prevent the empire from getting the crystal. Um, he, uh, stuns them both and formulates a plan to use the crystal, uh, which will help him find the empire's super weapons. So Ezra thinks that they should maybe just, uh, just destroy it or something. Uh, I kind of forget, but saw wants to hold on to it and use the crystal to, uh, to and ride the, sh- the the ship wherever it's going to try and find whatever this crystal it needs to go right. So he wants to find where this thing you know what what it's on route to, um, but that doesn't end up working out because the Empire intercepts the ship and uh, kind of uh, puts him in a bit of a bit of a tight spot. And um, so he sabotages the crystal, uh, which makes it a ticking time bomb. 
uh, leaves Ezra, Sabine, and the prisoners that they found aboard the ship and formulates uh, his escape and leaves them to formulate their, their own escape uh, when they choose not to go with them because uh, he says they can't bring the innocent people with him, which are the prisoners. Uh, and uh, that whole thing ends, uh, it all ends well. Uh, they end up getting off. Hera comes in to save the day and, and all the prisoners that they rescue end up joining the rebellion. So, you know, Saw ended up uh, uh, kind of, you know. Being in the wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and um, with his campaigns against the Empire become increasingly brutal, uh, Alliance High Command, at the urging of Mon, Mothma, Mon Mothma, formally censored Guerrera and severed all official ties with the partisans. Uh, by this time, Guerrera had lost his right leg, uh, struggled to walk on a low-grade cybernetic replacement, his lungs had also been damaged and uh, confining him to a pressurized suit of armor requires him to regularly take supplementary oxygen and breathe from a mask. Um, so that's kind of how uh, we catch up to his appearance in, in um, Rogue One. But prior to that, uh, do you want to, do you want to actually, I pulled this straight from the Wikipedia. It's from an appearance in the book, which is called Guardians of the Wills. Do you want to take us through that? Sure, yeah. Uh, so having previously learned that the Empire's massive kyber crystal had come from Jeddah, Guerrero relocated his militia to the moon, feeling that it was an appropriate place to bring his rebellion, as it was sacred world to many different galactic religions. Due to the Imperials def defiling many religious temples and artifacts in the pursuit of kyber crystals, small local insurgent cells had begun forming in the holy city of Nijeda in opposition of the occupation. From his new base of operations in the catacombs of Kadera, just a half day's walk outside the holy city, Guerrero began recruiting and organizing the local insurgencies under the umbrella of his partisans. During his time, he also held command over a pair of UT-60D U-wing troop transports and six T-65X-wings. Uh, calling them uh, Cavern Angels, Oh, sorry, calling him, calling them the Cavern Angels, uh, Guerrero began deploying his squadron to hit and run air raids against the Imperial facilities of the Holy City, as well as the outlying Imperial-controlled Kyber mines. Yeah, so that catches us up to uh, the next little bit here, if you want to read that, uh, which is the moment that he comes face-to-face -face with Chirrut Imwe and Baze Malbus. It's interesting, though, just looking through what happens here because if he really feels like he's part of the the, the rebel alliance mm -hmm. using all the same kind of gear and ships and stuff because when we see him in rogue one they they feel like they're a completely different group yeah yeah absolutely um it, it's and this is kind of uh this is a key moment too where he he really re decides to make his base uh why he goes to Jeddah, right like why he goes to that that particularly lo particular location um it's i never made that connection before but the fact that he finds out kind of where that kyber crystal that he found in star wars rebels comes from that's the link right and that's what yeah. sends in there and i thought that was really really interesting um so yeah guardians of the wills uh that's a that's an interesting junior novel uh let's let's hit part two here you want to take us through that one yeah, so among the local insurgents, Guerrero recruited 
were Guardians of the Wills, Chirrut Imwe, and Baze Malbus, uh, as we know them from Rogue One, uh, whom they enticed into joining by providing much-needed provisions uh, for the orphanage run by Imwe and Malbus's friend Kea and Keeley Gim. Over several months, the partisans attacked the Imperial occupiers, leading to harsher and harsher uh, reprisals from the Empire. The Star Destroyer that had previously orbited high over Jeddah descended to rest right above the Holy City, and the number of stormtroopers, tanks, and walkers on patrol on the streets increased significantly. Imwe and Malbus came to Carrera asking for assistance, stealing a spacecraft so the Gim sisters could flee and the planet with their, orphan- with their orphans. A group of partisans led by Beezer Fortuna, must be cousin of Bib. Yeah, must be. <laughs> uh, helped Imwe and Malbus steal a Sentinel class shuttle. Uh, under the orders of Guerrera, Guerrera uh, Fortuna and the other partisans attempted to double cross Imwe and Malbus, wishing to use the shuttle to blow up the Star Destroyer over the city. Imwe and Malbus were able to talk the partisans out of taking the shuttle, allowing the orphans to escape Jeddah. However, uh, this led to Guerrera parting ways with Imwe and Malbus. It's interesting that Saw Guerrera had a run-in with with the Guardians of the Wills that we know from Rogue One, because I never actually knew that they knew each other prior to the moment that they're taken captive and thrown in the prison block of Saw's base. No, I didn't either. They didn't really do a very good job of explaining that. <laughs> no, yeah, because it's your Imwe, when he gets the bag thrown over his head, he's like, Oh, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so it's always a really funny moment. But it's like I, I always just thought they didn't know each other before. But I guess they have had their their run in their single run in uh, previously. It's also interesting that it was Guerrera's fault that the Star Destroyer was so close to the city itself. Yeah, because I know that that's such a uh, iconic shot from Rogue One and seeing that Star Destroyer like the presence of it right over the city. Right. Right, absolutely. Uh, that finally brings us to Rogue One, where Jin is sent to negotiate with Saw and is caught up in a skirmish in Jeddah City. Um, Jin and Cassian, along with Imwe and Malbus, who had been caught up uh, had been caught up in the fighting, were brought to Saw's headquarters in the catacombs of Kadira. Saw would only see Jin, and his mistrustfulness causes him to question the nature of uh, Bodhi Rook, uh, the the Imperial messenger spy on behalf of Galen Erso. Um, and he also questions Jin, uh, who he thinks is there to kill him. Um, there, uh, so uh, Jin is just there to collect the message. And uh, Saw asks her uh, why she does not believe in the dream of freedom throughout the galaxy anymore. Uh, and she tells him uh, about that he abandoned her at the age of 16, you know, the whole leaving her with a blaster and a knife and all that. It's really dented her faith in the rebellion and and interesting to see how his actions have really rubbed off on a bad way when it comes to her perspective of of the rebellion and then he shows her the message of her father reveals the weakness of the empire superweapon the death star uh, meanwhile the city of Jeddah is targeted by the death star and is destroyed uh, with saw's worst fears being realized he perishes in the aftermath of the blast and that is the story of saw Gerrera. Uh so what do we think of this character uh, I think there's some important missing pieces and some stuff that they kind of s- skipped over that uh, in the film, so they probably shouldn't have. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's some really important character moments that I think were really cool. 
and I wish they had explained it better. You know, with with Andor right around the corner, it's worth noting the timeline of that show. Five years before Rogue One, which I, I believe is before his Star Wars Rebels appearance, or maybe just after. So it's definitely after he's abandoned Jyn Erso, I'm pretty sure. Saul Guerrero is just such an interesting character, though, because he just he has such good intentions and at the start, and he kind of just gets lost in it. Yeah, 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 he does kind of, doesn't he? <laughs> kind of falls to the dark side in his own way, right? It becomes like obsessed yeah obsessed with his the end goal yeah that's a that's a great way to put it um you know he's definitely uh uh in his own way i mean like we always think of like you know falling to the dark side of like either like it's, it can only happen to a jedi or a sith but i guess i guess it it really could happen to anyone and this is like his way of um doing what it takes to do the job he thinks he's kind of destined to do uh much like anakin's obsession with protecting Padme right like he he's kind of falling into his own pit with with believing in the cause uh while yeah, exactly. he's while he's tearing up the streets of every neighborhood killing anyone in his path just to damage the empire right uh so yeah, it's it, exactly it. it'll be very interesting to see with Andor being such a gritty show it'll be very interesting to see kind of like where that character is um and as to what we've all talked about with the transition of him going from sane to crazy um like just kind of, you know, what what it's gonna look like in in Andor, yeah. what what role hoping, he has to play. Yeah, yeah, and hoping that they show part of that. I hope that there's a, a moment in the show that will show uh, some transition, maybe not just of his uh, his mental capacities and paranoia, but also his uh, like his bodily reconstruction. Maybe he'll lose his leg or something in the show. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would, well. Actually, well, he doesn't show up in Rebels with the without the right, leg, so it but just depends on the timeline. Yeah, and it really depends if they want to do that whole retroactively changing right, it stuff. Because you know it does. Because yeah, if does happen, if he if he gets the bodysuit, then it will have to take place before. Uh, I have many questions about that body. Yeah, I have many questions about the bodysuit because the bodysuit, it doesn't have an issue with his lungs in Rebels or Fallen Order, so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of weird because like it's the same suit that's been pressurized later. But I wonder if if it maybe that's just something in the visual dictionary and they just decided to ignore that when they made his appearance in Fallen Order and Rebels. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot to speculate on. It's gonna be really, really cool to see that character again. Um, and uh, yeah, any last things to bring up before we wrap it up here? Uh, just I hope that if they're going to uh, go the route, I really want to see Forrest Whitaker did such a good job. I really want Forrest Whitaker to be involved, yeah, in some way or another. Yeah, because uh, live action, right? So let's uh, let's keep let's bring him back. Let's bring him back. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the show, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in once again to Star Wars Escape Pod. Uh, you know, we always love that feedback, so feel free to send us an email at swscapepodcast at gmail.com. We want those emails. And we want those voicemails, so uh, hit the link in the description uh, below. Uh, send us a voicemail. You can follow the Twitter at SWScape Podcast. And let us know how you like our What Happened series, as well as Saw Gurira. We'll catch you in the next episode, and may the Force be with you.